For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Yes, after what feels like a long off-season, the NBA is back. The Golden State Warriors and Boston Celtics both looked impressive on opening day, indicating that a finals rematch may be on the cards. Of course, there's 81 more games left in the season, and the majority of the teams in the league haven't even touched the hardcore yet. That will change today with a stack of NBA action to look forward to to throughout the afternoon to help us make sense of the wild NBA landscape for another year is Sportsnet reporter and massive Raptors guy Michael Grange from up in good old Canada. G'day Michael, thank you so much for joining us mate. Thank you so much for having me on, this is a real uh, real honour, thank you. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on the airways down under mate, uh, it's all happening, day one tipped off. Pretty surprised with uh, the end results or just two of the favorite teams resuming as they left off last year? Yeah, I guess I would say not too much of a surprise. I mean, the Warriors showed that they are still the class of the NBA and and that their kind of experiment um, and combined with a bit of luck where they, you know, they had a couple of years into the lottery and they ended up yielding some really good young players and then their your their veterans have kind of hung on for the most part and so as a result they have the deepest team in the NBA I would argue maybe mm-hmm. there's a couple of other teams that that would compare but you know you look at uh, what they're able to roll out on the floor in support of uh, Steph Curry and and uh, you know the rest and 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 I think that there's a lot of reason for optimism there so and then the Lakers are you know they are what they are right like they have two superb players um, and then a bunch of question marks and and I think that's going to be the real story for them all season is can Anthony Davis who looked pretty good early on last night and sort of lost the plot as the game went along you know can he be (laughs) an MVP level player for 70 75 games and his track record says no but if you can do it, then that changes the math for the Lakers. Um, they shot, what, 10 of 40 from three. You got LeBron already kind of lamenting the lack of three-point shooting on the roster. So I'm sure Rob Palenka heard that, the GM. Um, and so the soap pop continues. And then in the East, you know, Boston looking like they didn't miss a beat with uh, the departure of Ime Udoka. And Jason Tatum looking like he's trying to make an early case for MVP, which is you know, sort of where he needs to get to next when you look at how good he is already in his career. So, um, you know, and then the question will be, can the Sixers find a nice balance and harmony with, you know, Harden and Embiid and the rest of their talent on the roster? And and is, is Doc Rivers really up to the challenge of that? Hey, Michael, just on the um, Boston, Joe Mazzulla got his head coaching tenure off to a, f- a pretty strong start. What do you know about his coaching style compared to Adoka's? He's a very uh, connected player coach. I don't think he's he's out there to to you know this this 
the Celtics really created their own identity in the second half of last year, and that's why they, you know, they got on that roll that took them out of the finals. So I don't think, you know, Joe Mazzolo's in his early 30s, and uh, you know, his last, his only head coaching experience was at Division Two. I don't think he's coming in and reinventing the wheel. I think what he has to leverage is a really strong relationship with the key players on that team. He has the trust and respect of. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. And so, you know, I think that they're just going to continue what they started last year. And I don't imagine he's going to be in a position to fiddle too much with what was, you know, for a long stretch of the season, uh, you know, a record caliber defense in terms of their overall efficiency. So, you know, I think he's uh, the challenges will be for him as an inexperienced head coach is, you know, he's given instructions to Alf Horford and, and guys who are, you know, three, four years older than him and they have way more experience. And if they hit a rough patch, will he be able to navigate that? But, I mean, I think uh, he's got a really good team to work with. And, and the early indications are guys are buying in. Well, speaking of relationships, there was a little uh, vision throughout that match where uh, Jordan Poole does a fantastic little assist under the hoop to Draymond Green. So all eyes would have been on that little partnership. So what, how, how, how do you think that clicked? And were you surprised with, um, you know, how well it forged? No, I wasn't. I mean, I think, I think if there wasn't an assurance from both sides, and I guess especially from Jordan Poole, that they were going to be able to hit the floor and work as, you know, professionals should work then we might've seen a different outcome, maybe a longer, maybe a suspension versus a longer suspension. And, and so I think when you're seeing little moments like that, it's, it's kind of reassuring that they are heading in the right direction. I think mm. in a really weird and twisted way, I think what happened between green and pool, and I'll really say, <laughs> you know, happened with green. I mean, he was, you know, obviously the, the only guy who had anything to answer for, I think it helps the Warriors. I think it puts Green on best behavior. I think he's, you know, clearly on notice. He's a guy who's, um, you know, coming towards his back half of his career, the certain last strokes of his contract. And uh, he can't afford to not be as amenable as a, as a teammate as he can possibly be and, 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 and all of that. Because, as we said, the Warriors are a really deep team. They're a young team, surprisingly. And, uh, you know, if Draymond Green wants to extend his stay in, Golden State or uh, create value for himself around the league, he's going to have to, you know, he can't afford to be alienating anyone on the team. Hey, Mike, one of the big problems. further, I should say. <laughs> hey, Mike, one of the big problems that we got down here is the the, the, the umpiring in the bunkers. Yesterday in the Boston's the Sixers game, I saw the the uh, the officiated, uh, officiators go to the sideline there and take a real long look at one of the incidences under the under the hoops. What, what do you think of the officiating this year? With that, with that type of stoppage, is there, got, is there going to be some type of significant impact on the games because of that? It's a great question. No one likes it. Uh, the flip side is no one likes them blowing calls. So, um, you know, I think that they, I think it's fine with the level of scrutiny that that uh, we're able to put onto a game with cameras and replays and all of that. Um, I'd be more fine if they just would sort of take some of those controversial calls out of the game officials hands and by the time they get over to the you know to the to the replay official to the replay booth that they're you know they can be said this is what we see this is what we think is there any reason we're wrong and then just move along and i, I think there's a bit of a charade going on where mm. the on the floor officials go over inspect the replay and and it 
kind of create this illusion that they have control of what's going on. If you, you know, if you knew what happened, you wouldn't ask for the replay. So, so just, just trust the people who have all the angles to give it the answer and keep, keep things moving. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Hey, what about, what about the Brooklyn Nets? Brooklyn Nets, mate. What are our expectations of the Nets? Uh, Sean Marks obviously pulled, uh, has yeah. rolled out. And Raptors they want ever to get John Kevin Marks. Durant. Yes, mate. He's a He's good old Kiwi from Raptors. down under. That's right. Mate. So what are our expectations yeah, no, of the Nets? Can, um, can they unlock them? Can Corey Irving, Kevin Durant? Look, on paper, and that's the joke, right, is, is they, they shouldn't be called the Brooklyn Nets. They should be called the on-paper Nets. Um, <laughs> they have the ingredients. Of, I mean, it's it's a fact. It's Because every comment you make is starts with that. They have the ingredients of a super competitive team. This is my take on Brooklyn. As long as they don't implode, either through injury or Kyrie Irving's you know latest ex, you know excursion into alternate reality, um, you know, and they can get into the top six in the East, which on talent, they absolutely should be there. Tell me the NBA team that wants to play them in a seven-game series in any round, right? If you've got Kyrie Irving locked in, Kevin Durant locked in, uh, Ben Simmons playing at a level that, you know, we know he's capable of. He just hasn't done it for a little while. And then, there, you know, people overlook the quality of their role, the role players, uh, you know, Patty Mills, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, um, you know, so, so I think – if they can hit the postseason healthy, committed, and uh, on the same page, you know, I wouldn't put anything past them just because, you know, they have in, in Curry and and KD particularly guys who can win games, win series by themselves. They've done it and uh, enough support to uh, to help them in that in that path. So, uh, you know, short answer, they could be a 36-win team and <laughs> out of the play-in or they could win 59 and be first in the East. It's really that wider range. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they come together and, and uh, get that chemistry going, mate. The Raptors, we know you're a Raptors fan. Have you got any confidence? Can Fred Van Fleet unlock Pascal Siakam to get their uh, form rolled in the competition? Where are you at with the, the Raptors, mate? Well, I think there's a lot of uh, excitement around Toronto. Uh, you know, they finished the season last year on a – from January on, they were like uh, played like a 54-win team. Um, they were never really healthy last year and they, in the off season, they pretty, they brought every significant player back and added some interesting, uh, depth pieces to shore up some of their obvious weaknesses. So I think, um, you know, they get, they tend to get a little bit overlooked up here, you know, like the, the U S media, the U S the greater basketball media doesn't always look North first. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think there's any reason why they can't be a team that would push for a top four seed in the East. Um, but they need things to go right. So they need it's more it's more like Pascal Siakam unlocking Fred Van Vliet. Like they need him to be a top five, top ten player in the league. That's his goal. We'll see if he can pull it off. They need Scotty Barnes, who's just a fabulous rookie, um, to to take another nice step. And then they need some health from guys like OG Ananobi and and uh, some of their other pieces. But there's they're de- they're pretty deep. They've got a lot of talent. They may be missing that one single superstar that people identify with. But uh, they're well coached, and and you know I wouldn't. I think they've they've uh, every year they played in Toronto now, bar, missing the year that they had to go to Tampa because of the pandemic. They've exceeded the Vegas odds makers' uh, predicted win totals. So it's never a good thing to sleep on the Raptors. Would be my advice. 
Never sleep on the Raptors, mate. We appreciate you coming on the show. Just quickly before we let you go, we're only one game in, but MVP, early signs, prediction, we'd love a punt on this show. <laughs> yeah, I, um, you know, I, I'm going to, I think my prediction is one of the obvious ones. Like, I, I think Jason Tatum might be a dark horse. Um, I would also watch very carefully Zion Williamson in New Orleans. Mm. So if he can play 70 games, 75 games, be healthy, um, I think New Orleans is poised to be a very good team, better than most expect. And, you know, he would have the story around it, right? So if he goes off and has a huge season, stays healthy, lifts his team, you know, he's he's the kind of guy that could sneak into the race. But I think if I'm going to predict, like, my mortgage or something, I'll go with the honest and, and sleep well. Oh, beautiful. Zion Williamson, yeah, he's looking good. He had a big preseason. I'm predicting Ja Morant, too, to have another solid season. He is great for the Grizzlies. Mate, we appreciate you coming on. Michael Grange talking all things NBA, Sportsnet reporter. Thank you so much for your time, mate, and good luck to Toronto Raptors this season. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Anytime. Oh, beautiful. Boy. How's this, is he? Zion Williamson. You, you want an each-way ticket on Michael's picks there? You want to go safe? Yeah. You want to put your mortgage on Giannis at $8.50? And then when you have a little each-way flyer on Zion at 23 bucks. Whoa. 70, well, 70 that's games. A great, that's a good one because, mate, he's obviously he – ca- I reckon he was carrying a little bit each way, and he's still such a phenomenal athlete. Now he's looking really in good nick, good shape, and he'll be able to stay injury-free. That's a good shout. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Jason Tatum, as he mentioned, $8.50 there as well. Uh, Joel Embiid, $7. Luka Doncic heads up the market at five fifty. Hoops are back. Love it. I hear that ABC NBA theme song, and it just gets me going. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. What is it about horse racing and Kiwis that makes the two come together like thunder and lightning? Why is it then when you put a Sunline with a McKee, a Waller with a Winks, and let's hope for Louis' sake, a McDonald with an Animo, that they flow like a fine red wine? A combination that leaves an unbelievable taste that you just can't help but savour. This weekend is the start of the best month of racing the weekend that kicks off with a Coxblade at Mooney Valley, then the Melbourne Club at Flemington, and don't forget Cup Week in Christchurch. How good! Kiwis galore. They're all lining up to take the spoils, and for one thing, I can't wait to see the talent on show both on the track and in the saddle. Talent which we relish, and who hopefully will take all the spoils. They call it the Sport of Kings, but next month, we should re- rename it the sport of Kiwis. Forsman, Waller, McDonald, Kiwi, Kiwi, Kiwi. Bring on the biggest racing days of the year and get ready to celebrate our great Kiwi trainers and jockeys as champions of the turf. Drum roll, please. And the 2023 Halberg winner goes to... Your guess is as good as mine, is he? Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Oh, Kempy, honestly, my 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 kind of approach to these race days has changed dramatically. Obviously, being in the game now, you see the other side of it. And being on this show, just embracing the great game that is the great sport is racing and how much joy it brings. You head to the races, all you think about is going and seeing some mates and and having a party. And don't get me wrong, that is what races are, are turning into now, and that is a great 
day out. But now on the other side, you've just seen what goes through to prepare these these great animals to be able to do what they do. And, and like the horse whisperer, you know, it's been thrown out a few times, but the, the trainers, you know, the Chris Wallers, the Stephen Marshes, the Mark Walkers, you know, like just the owl shakes your rocks. What they're able to do to unlock these horses is phenomenal. And, mate, I am absolutely fizzed. Can't believe it that I'm heading over to watch it. And uh, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to really relish the moment. Kempi, it is the grace. Well, you've been involved for a long time, Kempi, so you know more than others how much joy it brings. And what goes into these animals to be able to bring us so much fun? Mate, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just keep pushing this Hellsberg thing because Hellsberg's got a, mm. got a platform and they've got a brand, and I'm just going to keep yep. pushing that we need the jockeys and the and the trainers all to be put into that mix. The other one I was thinking about last night when I was writing it is, Louis, you know how the BGP um, boys just get it, get it done, you know, that event? Mm. Imagine if we had, like, an event that – showcased all our best jockeys in New Zealand and in Australia, all our best trainers in New Zealand and Australia, and had like a a countdown and point system which they were ranking all year like like the um like the NRL do, you know, the with the Dally M's. And you then you turn it off at this time of the year. And then at the end of it, you go and have an event and you name the roll, here's the points thing, and you do that whole event. And you roll Alan and Mark Walker and Jamie and, you know, and you roll Chris Waller and Forsman, you know what I mean? And you just roll them in and just let everyone have an absolute doozy over it. So it's prize money, and that's where we need to get back. We need parity and prize money. We need to be fighting for it because gone are the days. You look back through some of our great races throughout the years, and I've been doing it at the Hawke's Bay Carnival. We used to have Australians coming over trying to raid our prize money. We, we would have... Macker and Chris Waller and, you know, your expat Kiwis and your Peter Moody's coming back, your Boom Bakers coming back and trying to attack our feature days when our prize money gets to a point where it's worth their time. And what Auckland Thoroughbred Racing, we're going to bang the drum on this, what um, Doug and Mark and Paul at ATR are doing is the bastion of hope. It is the saviour for thoroughbred racing mm. moving forward in New Zealand. We need a glamour club that races every second week that does it like a Flemington, like a Randwick, with mm. prize money that can sustain the industry. And we've been banging the drum. We will continue to bang the drum. And I want just one observation from your off-the-back fence here, before we shoot off. The fact that you put Andrew Forsman's name next to, you know, James and Chris and, and right up there, this is a guy who came out of partnership with Murray Baker only at the start of the season. Right now, he sits above Chris Waller on the Victorian Metro Trainers Premiership behind Ben and J.D. Hayes. He's had 12 starts. Ben and J.D. Hayes have had 75. He's had seven winners. They've had 12. He's had $810,000 wow. in prize money. His strike rate is 58.3% in Melbourne this season. And he's sending Mustang Valley over. I've seen that. It's the latest development. He is low-level flying. He is genuinely airborne. He is the latest of a long line of Kiwis to succeed on the world stage. And Jamie Richards, he's up and running in Hong Kong with his first winner as well. So I love your off-the-bat fence today, paying homage to our great equine exports. There have been some iconic battles throughout the years between Canterbury and Wellington, and this weekend the NPC final could deliver an instant classic in form. If form is anything to go by, the Wellington Lions have gotten red hot 
fly into their regular season finish line and ending top of their conference. Canterbury, a model of consistency. The typical red and black machine it looks to be a ripper. And no, TJ Perinara will be absolutely fizzing to get out this Saturday night. Morena to you, Tej. Maria, my brother. How are you, bro? Good, mate. You have to make sure we break for the ad just so we get there at 7.42. <laughs> right on time, mate. Yeah, Appreciate you. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> hey, uh, another week. Another week for the black and yellow, mate. Absolutely flying. You demolished Auckland in that semi-final, mate. So you, you must be full of confidence. How's the week been, brother? Yeah, it's been awesome so far, bro. The boys are... Boys are in good spirits. Um, play really well on the weekend, like you said. Um, but as you know, bro, doing it twice is the is the key. Uh, we've probably both been a part of games, so we played really well. And then the next week is the one that you test yourself on. You know, it's easy to do it once. Hey, Teach, how important is it for you guys to keep your flow going and not to get caught up in the, I guess, the battle of how you how you need to beat them and and just doing the thing to beat them, which is how you how you beat Auckland. Yeah, that's a big part of what we've talked about is like we want to be true to ourselves. We want to play with, um, we want to play the style of footy we play um, and express ourselves with our, um, the way that, yeah, the way that we play the game. So uh, we'll live and die by that um, and uh, put our best foot forward the way we play the game. And if it's enough on the day, well, we'll take that, you know. So, but we can't have any regrets for the way that we play the game. Uh, we don't want to go in there and change a bunch of things, I suppose. And, uh, look back on it with regret and be like, oh, we should have just done it the way we do it, you know? Mm. You got taught probably a valuable lesson earlier on in the competition, Tej, when you flew south and, and played a, a quality yeah. Canterbury side. So what, what's been the area of focus this week to rectify that result? Yeah, we, we're a different team uh, from them, but you're right, we did use that when we went down there um, last time. I think that our whole understanding of how we want to play um, the game, we understand our group better. Uh, we understand the strengths that we have in the group and, and our weaknesses, I suppose. So um, we will, we'll, yeah, we'll try and do more of the stuff that we're good at and limit the amount of time we're spending in, um, I guess, transitions where we're, we're not so great. And then I guess Canterbury will be doing the opposite. They'll want to put us into those stressful positions that uh, that we probably aren't as comfortable with. Um, but yeah, the the people who can win, um, I guess, those pressure points will come out victorious on the day. You've had some really good players, Tej, across the board. What what part of the game yep. have you been really impressed with? Um, that you know, you know, we're going out there today, and I know that this game is going to, re- this part of our game is going to really stand up. Um, yeah, we've had some like really good young players uh, in the team. I'm looking at Riley at the moment, and uh, he's played really well for us. Him and Peter Lakai have um, have been awesome for us this season. To be fair, so allowing those boys to express themselves and giving them opportunities. Uh, for one-on-one situations is something that we're sort of um, prided ourselves on. And then our ability to, to hustle. Um, if you've watched the, uh, our games, I guess since the Northland game, really our ability to win hard will get and stuff like that is something that we uh, we know we need to do in order to, to give ourselves opportunities to win games. Man, how good is that kid, Peter Lakai? Like, he's come out of nowhere, oh, and we had we had Tom Donnelly on the show a while back, and he referenced his name and probably got my attention gone. And then now I've been watching this kid just go from streets to, I know, Hurricanes. I've locked him up. Well done to the yeah, Hurricanes bro. Union for, for doing that, babe. But, but what, he's so impressive, isn't he? Yeah, he's a freak, bro. I, 
played I played against them actually this year um, in the club final, North versus Patonia. And playing him there, bro, I was like, oh, this kid's only like 18 years old and he's like throwing around grown men like it's nothing. He's going to be good. And then he's just um, like continued that through um, ITM Cup. So I'm excited for, to see what's uh, uh, in his future, man. He's, he's going to be pretty special. Hey, Teach, what's the, what's the city been like? Have you felt that they've got behind you, the support? Uh, you're getting plenty of messages going down there to uh, to attack the Cyclops? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that like after the game and stuff like that, um, there was a lot of um, fan engagement and stuff. We're doing a lot more media stuff, I think, like around sponsorship stuff this week. So um, sponsors are definitely a little bit happier, I suppose. Um, but yeah, the vibe um, it has been good. Um, everyone's pretty excited by it, um, and we're looking forward to getting down there. And what about you, Tej? Where, where are you at with your game and, and the way you're tracking, mate? You, you never really get overwhelmed with the way the life's gone, the way that uh, selections are gone. You're obviously heading over for the All Blacks 15, so another congratulations for that, mate. But where are you at at the moment? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it, bro. Like it's been, uh, it's been fun being back in this environment and being able to to get some good minutes out on the field. And we're playing good footy as well, and I'm enjoying the way that I'm playing, bro. So. It, um, it's always fun uh, when you're when you're enjoying what you're doing, um, and, and winning is obviously fun too. So um, I, I'm happy with the way that I'm playing. Um, I want to continue to to get better. It's, it's obviously part of our um, our job is to to get better each day and each week. So, um, but I am I'm in, I'm really enjoying um, the environment that we're in now. Um, the way that I'm playing, I think I've um, played better um, over the last sort of few months. In um, that I have in a while, but uh, like I'm, I'm happy with the way that things are going, and just got to continue to get better. Mate, has there been any messages from above? I know you'd love to be back in the fold, and how does TJ Pedernata get back into All Blacks contention? Anything from Foster? Um, yeah, a little bit of back and forth with um, Foz just about footy and um, how be I can honest, grow my man, game. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit, but it's not, not heat, but it's just continue to play well, bro. Like, I think for for me, like I've been getting um, some good minutes here and playing really well. Um, and then for other players in other environments, like maybe not getting heaps of minutes and stuff like that. Um, like I feel for Falau, bro. Like he's a really good player. Um, just didn't get many um, opportunities. So I understand the, um, I guess the selection to to keep him in the environment because he deserves at least a, a chance in that environment. He since the end of Super Rugby, he's played, what, the back end of two test matches and half a game um, for Hawks Bay. Like, it's not it's not fair on the kid to to say, oh, no, nah, you can't go in. We haven't played any footy, bro. So I, I understand that side of it, too. I understand that um, there's, there's probably a method behind everything that they're doing um, in that environment. So my job isn't to get caught up in that. It's just to, to play well and, and to win, bro. Like, if I can continue to be in environments that are winning, um, that's only going to help my cause um, to where I want to go. All right, mate. Quickly, how's that golf game? Yeah, it's better than yours, bro. I'm not hitting 16s <laughs> in that, bro, which is, <laughs> which is helpful, bro. You know? Go out there and embarrass all of New Zealand rugby, bro, like that. Far out. We're out here trying to put our best player out there, and you go and shoot a 16, bro. They're all laughing at us now. 
<laughs> oh, I can always rely on you to bring me down, eh? Like when I shot that, TJ just sent me the score. He's like, "Bro, come on, man, hey." Oh. Yeah, bro, I'm ready oh, for some good work, TJ. With you as well, bro. So I can't wait. <laughs> Oh mate, you're. An, I hate playing with you because you just no etiquette. If you think I've got no etiquette, TJ's got no etiquette, mate. Awesome to chat to you, T. You're a champion. Go out this weekend. I'm predicting you boys to come yeah, down and uh, and do the job. If you continue that form, mate. Have a good rest of the week and enjoy Saturday. Yeah. All right. See my love to the fans. Oh. Did he just Cheers, give TJ. Wellington the old uh, kiss out team. there and yep. give it to them? <laughs> no, nah, no. Honestly, I'm backing them to come down and win it. Honestly. Yeah, I think they can Whoa. definitely do it. They did it. I think it was back in when was it? Two thousand eight. I think they travelled and and got the job done. Well, honestly, I'm not Canterbury. I'm Hawks Bay hard. So, <laughs> and I'm being I'm being real sick. mate. Honestly, on that TJ took them to South Africa. Him and Anton were in a, another cart, and I was playing with someone else. TJ kept undoing my belt on my bag, and I kept driving off and kept falling off. I was like, oh, man, what happened? Put it back on. The last hole he did it again, I snapped the driver. And I was like, bro, honestly, you're paying for that. Cost him 500 bucks. So, hey, last laugh on you, Teach. <laughs> wow, that's like, that's serial pesting, isn't it? That is a oh, genuine man. golf cart. He's a halfback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spot him from a while away. Eh? That's some hard case. Hey, boys, really quickly before we get off. So, Izzy, you're tipping uh, Wellington. I am shocked yep. and saddened by that. But we got to give a shout-out to East Coast. 56 or 54-game losing streak to a yep. final of the Heartland. How good. Um, playing so mid- good. mid-Canterbury, and it'll be the Hall Cup final, won't it? So, wow, what a result. And anyone in that part of the country, I know they'll just be so proud. Yeah, yeah. Caring for our communities. Out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than An Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. The term man of the people is thrown around here and there and here and there, but it truly has never been more accurate for our next guest, Dave Latelli. The brown butter me, Butterbean has turned his life into one of giving and opportunity with BBB Motivation and his work in the community. A talented athlete as a young gun, Ligi, and a powerful stint as a pro boxer. Dave turned his hand to helping his people get fit and healthy and he has fed more deserving mouths around Auckland than we can imagine. His latest target is the census. Next March, we'll have our official census where crucial stats are gathered on our demographics to shape the outlook of our country's infrastructure, schools, hospitals and communities. Dave is on the drive to find census gatherers and make sure we take the opportunity to have our people heard and understood. He definitely is more than an athlete and he's on the line with us now. Kia ora, Dave. Good morning to you. Morning, the team. Oh, appreciate you coming on, mate. Just quickly, why is the census and this project so important to you, mate? Well, look, it's important because this is how this is how the government, both central and local, you know, and businesses, they, it's how they make decisions on what's going on and where funding's allocated on health, you know, simple like things like playgrounds, all all these things that affect us, right, and affect the people that we serve in the most deprived areas. So it's important that they have correct data. You know, you've got you've got uh, people running around saying poli- uh, poverty's decreasing. You know what? It's not what we're seeing on the front line, and we need to make sure that the data that they're getting is accurate. Hey, Dave, it's Kempi Mala. Take my hat off to you for for 
um, this kaupapa because we do need our voices to be heard. Is that the main focus on here, is that our marginalised communities aren't actually being heard and therefore the infrastructure doesn't suit us? 1,000%, bro. You know, we, we, we can't complain about things not happening in our areas, the ones that we serve, which is the most deprived. Uh, you know, if we're not um, filling in these, these um, you know, these questionnaires so, so that the people who are making this, these decisions understand because they're making these decisions from Wellington. They don't understand what's going on. You know, so if they're not going to come to the front line, then we have to tell them exactly what's going on for us. Mate, can you just tell us what some of the situations that are presented to you on a daily, just to put it in perspective and, you know, give us that uh, out there a little bit of a picture, paint a picture for us? Yeah, you know, people only know what they know, and it's, it's no one's fault that they don't understand what's going on for, for a lot of people. There's, uh, you know, I was at a gas station the other day talking to a guy there who's him, his wife, and a newborn baby are sleeping in his van. Um, you've got, you go, you turn up the houses, and you don't want to take the food in because there's beer bottles everywhere, and, and then you see the kids there, you know, and, and that's why we're doing this. There's kids being ra- raised in houses where you you would never think exist in New Zealand. You know, and we wonder why this cycle keeps continuing. We've got our, you know, we've got our food bank just being robbed the other day. You know, the, it's, you, there's so much to what's going on. It's not just that, the fact that they're robbing. It's that what else is going on in our society that's leading to this. Yeah, you know, that- there's, there's, there's people that have no food. There's people that, there's uh, parents and, and kids that sleep under laundry so they, they can keep warm. So, so Dave, how, how do we break the cycle? I know there's a lot of um, scenarios and uh, things being said that how we do it, but the reality is a lot of accountability goes on the adults, or is it just the way the world's going? Like, how do we break the cycle? Oh, look, it's you know, it's the model that we're using, right? Is it's community who have the trust of the people. You have businesses supporting it, and also working alongside government. Okay, and it doesn't matter which government, it's, it's all governments. You know, you've got to walk alongside these families. It's long term. These things aren't fixed. You can't just throw money at the same old things and expect anything different. You know, you've got to, you've got to support the community groups and the NGOs that are already in the community doing, doing it with next to no support. If you throw some resource at them, wrap around them, you know, the community groups to help more people. Imagine the impact. If they're doing it on the smell of an oily rag, Imagine the impact they can have if they have from some resource. Yeah, exactly right. And you know the the irony of this all, Dave, is that uh, middle to upper class actually don't understand what's actually happening in our lower class in our in our poverty cycle that's happening in our community. You see the pictures on TV, for instance, of the outside of houses and the streets and and deprived areas. What really mm. needs to happen, like with the census that you're doing, and I and I honestly take my hat off to you, is get people, not just any people, my suggestion is make mm. sure they're from the middle class and get them to go in and sit inside the houses and that way get to know the people. Is that your, fo- is that your focus? When I, when I read about your article, is that your focus that you actually have to get down and sit down and meet these people? 100%. You, you know, we're needing thousands of workers, you know, we're team out with mana recruitment, PersolKelly.co.nz. You know, we need thousand workers. That's a, you know, that is exactly it. Go in there and see what's going on. The other thing is, bro, is that the other scary thing is that now middle class are being pushed down. This is the scary thing, and there's and there's no more buffer anymore for a lot of families, right? 
you haven't broken that car, flat tire, your kid needs to go dentist or something. Something in life happens. You, there's no more uh, buffer zone of, or savings. That can be enough to send you over the edge. You know, and then you, and then when you've got people who are already struggling, already only had their heads above water pre-COVID, they're now drowning. That's creating a pool of more desperate people, and hence there's a direct correlation between more desperate people and now more crime. Mm. So, Dave, Dave, just just quickly, how did this come about? Like, you you would have had your own experiences throughout your life and your career. When did it all click that you really wanted to do this and? and Give back to the people, mate. Uh, now, for me, it's when I moved back in 2014. I was severely overweight, but I was very depressed. You know, it's one thing being physically in bad shape, but when you're physically and mentally in bad shape, you're in bad shape. You know, um, but people, there was a few people that reached out to me and gave me a hand up with just genuinely to help me with no expectations of anything in return. They, you know, I had to do the work, but they were there for me, and, and that's all we're doing. I understood, geez, these guys that they really helped me. You know, they, and I had nothing, no money. And they, they just let me, they really gave me a hand up. And that's all we're doing. We're paying it forward just on a mass scale. You know, people, uh, some people, you know, that they, they don't, people don't understand that some people don't have anyone. They don't have any positive influence in their lives. They don't, they don't see anyone that's winning. They don't see any, they don't even think it's possible to get out, right? And that's why I get annoyed when athletes and any, not even just athletes, successful business people that make it out and don't come back to give these kids hope to show them I don't have to be a drug dealer. I don't have to ram raid. I can make it out, and this is how I do it. Isn't that a wonderful thing, Dave? Just hope. You know, you give someone hope, and you can conquer a lot of fears, man. Just tell us a bit about. Bit about look, I love watching your fitness camps. They they motivate me. They give me so much motivation. How how's that working out for you? Are you still finding that our 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 um, bigger people, our people that really need that motivation, coming in drives. I, I was actually at Papatoi one time, mate, doing a board, having a board meeting when I seen you. You're at work, man. It's a fantastic camp. Yeah, uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I hope one day we're out of business. You know, everything we do is free. Um, it's yeah. There's never a short supply. We're running programs now called From the Couch, which we work with people. You know, if you're 200 kilos, you're you're the smallest there. Um, but what we're trying to do is, again, it's not a weight loss group. We're trying to work on the mindset around things, you know, changing the way we think about nutrition, exercise, and the people we hang around with. You know, that's what, that's what we're doing. That program is what should be nationwide, and that's what we're working for. What is the, the end goal for you, Dave? Like, what, where would you get the most satisfaction, or is there no end goal? This is a continuing problem that we have. Yeah, and unfortunately for me, you know, being in the trenches as we are, I, I don't see an end goal at the moment. We're just trying to get to a point where we're sustainable and we're getting some sustainable funding from the government, you know, to keep us going. And then the hope is to train up more people. So we're creating a course to train up more people to do what we do. It's the, you know, we created a BBM health model, which is really Tifari Tapafar or Fonofale. You know, it's these pillars, you know, that we've, that, that we live by. And, and that's what needs to be taught throughout the country, the village or Marae or a community, you know, like community used to be, you mm. know, where, where we were together, you know, it was a village to raise a baby, well, that's gone, you know, so we're trying to bring that back and that can be taught to other people throughout the country to run. Yeah. Dave, I, I just got a, I got a question for you and it's a pretty serious one. How is, how are you, Dave? Like, you know, you, you've got so much going on and you're, your aroha for people and making sure other people are right. What about you? How are you, how are you coping with it all? 
Oh, you know, look, some days are better than others. It's, it's, no, I, I don't, I believe depression ne- never really goes. I think it just comes in waves, you know, and sometimes I'll wake up and I just have the world, the weight of the world on my shoulders. And I think, man, I, you know, I could live a real comfortable life just doing my, my public speaking for companies and, and selling my fitness app. But I choose to help people. So with service comes, you know, there's a lot of responsibility and sometimes that it can get me quite down because, you know, I can't stop. If I stop, people go hungry. If I stop, people die. So yeah, it can be quite tough. Mate, if you could just say one pledge to the country, what would that what would that pledge be? What would that what would that little statement be to everyone out there that's listening? Um, well, you know, my, the way I live my life is: if you can help, you should. If you have it, and people ask, give it. You'll always be blessed in return. So, you know, that's the way I live my life. If we all live that way, this country and this world will be a better place. Toko Dave, um, man, it's so powerful today. I. I Take my hand off to to what you're doing, Dave. If I can help, mate, you just get on the blower. I'll um, I'm happy to do whatever I need to do. Uh, I think you're doing a fantastic job. Thanks a lot for coming on with us this morning. If you need to get your message out, mate, give us a call. We'd love to have you in the studio here with us. Um, and mate, just finally, make sure the first thing you do is take care of Dave. Because if Dave can't take care of him, he can't keep doing the wonderful things that you're doing. Thanks a lot for this morning, Dave. Thanks, mate. You have a good, 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 good day. See you too. There you go, Dave Latelli, massive league boy too, mate. Like kid, kid play league, um, and has just decided, like he just said, he could actually make a living doing just enough. But he's, my honestly, I've got all of his Facebook pages and his and his Instagram pages, and watch what he does. And I was watching some people run upstairs the other day. They had to run up like 10 stairs and I was just like, I was honestly going, man, that is so cool that he can get people to do that. You know, the mo- their motivation, I think they, mo- they they should put another word together for Dave because he just doesn't motivate people, man. He actually gets them doing things. That's a great, they're a great get, Louis. That's honestly, Dave Latelli, you're a legend. Pay it back. Pay it back. He's paying it back in droves and... Love this little message there about uh, people in, in powerful positions or privileged positions paying it back. Just little things, um, you know. Yeah, it's just just really hit hit a point there. You know, like we're an opportunity here to to inspire and and give back. And you know, I've I've been guilty of it, being selfish and you know worrying about my own backyard. And you can't you can't help everyone, but just little little bits count. And uh, yeah, I guess yeah, that's what we're trying to do after our little campaign and mm, it's awesome for sure and I guess going back to the heart of it the census I just think that out of all the ways that he is helping this is one of the coolest because it's so important like it's like voting we talked about democracy the other day it's like you have to be heard to be heard you have to be counted literally like statistics we're talking numbers we're talking filling out these forms and and especially if you're in those marginalised communities. But that needs mobilisation, that needs people power, and that's what Dave's been tasked with doing, finding the people to make sure that we have the voices heard. I thought it was awesome, and it was great to have him on the show this morning. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.